pull up a bar stool. So JR is on with me today, which means we're going to talk about a lot of business stuff. Um, he breaks open a actual physical newspaper. There are a couple of things he clipped out of it. What is this, like 1982? I don't know. Um, and then he wanted to ask me about it. So this ended up being a long one-hour conversation. So as a result, we're going to break this up into two sections. Um, but really, it's going to cover things like what ultimately is it that I do? What is my back? These are the kind of questions coming from those newspapers. <laughs> what is my background? Who do I work with? What are my challenges? Why is managing a team such a pain? Um, we kind of uncover the fact that ultimately I kind of hate marketing. Ugh. Don't tell anybody, since that's what I do. Um, why a pause in your career matters. And uh, we'll see where we go from there. Well, the, again, I'm not, I'm not sure where the cutoff point's going to be. We'll see. But um, a lot, a lot of really good stuff. So sit back, relax, pop a bottle. Let's do it. John here from JohnLumber.com and John Lumber Digital on Facebook. Here's another edition of the Social Media Pubcast where each week we invite you to the virtual pub and we get drunk on social media. So this week, this time of the month, we invite JR to the show. He takes the wheel. We talk uh, business-related stuff. Hey, JR, how's it going, man? Uh, it's going well. Finally. Man. <laughs> We just spent 10 minutes. We do this every month. Spend like 10 minutes. Can't, I, it doesn't sound right. This isn't working. My microphone's not working. What's happening? And he's got like three sessions open. Oh, my God. I'm just happy we got this rolling right now. And hopefully it won't be interrupted by any other craziness. But uh, what are you drinking? You, you got me in suspense. What are you drinking over there? Well, I have three things I'm drinking right now. That doesn't seem right. And yes, all at the same time. And one is a mocha. That's that's the first thing. I like mochas. Sec the second thing is a water. Oh my gosh. And the third thing is an experiment that I'm doing. This is the day five of an experiment. And it's called True Brain. And I'm not trying to promote anything. It's just an experiment. But it's designed to drink so you could think clear. <laughs> so, it so, so it has acid in it, is what you're saying. It has neotropics, active uh, neotropics. That sounds legit. So, sounds legit. <laughs> and it's called True Brain. And I'm going to read it. It says, struggle less accomplish more a drink with a complete source of caffeine nutrients and neuropeptides made to boost your mental bandwidth combined with combined with a mocha that sounds brilliant <laughs> absolutely so we will see what happens to my mental bandwidth and I've got Casey in the room, my boxer, scratching herself. So you could probably hear that in the background. Nice. Well, 
Uh, I am. What do you have? My 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 fridge is at. So I've, we've got two fridges. You've been in my house. We got one in the the basement. That one's empty. All it's got is soda in it. And then the one in the garage. I've got like all the old beers that I don't drink and I pick over. And then I end up just going to the, the liquor store the next time. And I never end up drinking those. So these are the ones that've been in there forever. I still got. So my 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 goal here is to. Drink these beers. So all I've got left, what I'm drinking today, is the Blue Moon Belgian White. Um, the, all I have left after that, cans of Coors Light and one can of Bud Light. So <laughs> I need to get through that. I'm, I'm going to get through that before I go back to the liquor store so I don't end up having these old beers there for years on end. So got that's, it. that's what I got. Well, che- cheers I'm gonna to do my. I'm going to do my true brain then. All right. Hopefully you're still done when you're still still there after you take it. Cheers. Oh, yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> Sounds legit. So what what are we going to talk about today? You usually uh, take the wheel and roll with something unexpected. So what, what are we going to talk about? Yeah, today? yeah. So, of course, I'm going to throw some curveballs. And I know that sometimes you can hit a curveball. I would say probably your sons can hit curveballs better than you. Probably. But I'm going to throw you a couple curveballs today anyway. So I'm inspired this week by the New York Times. And I just became a subscriber yesterday. Oh, welcome. For I'm I'm a subscriber. Well, hold on. I knew you'd say that. So there's different kinds of subscribers. There's digital subscribers, which I used to be a digital subscriber. And I'm going back old school, delivering the paper. Mm. I'm not going to deliver it. I'm going to have it delivered. So yeah. every, <laughs> every Sunday, uh, I'm going to have the New York Times delivered. All right. Well, with all that being said, I have a couple articles that I cut out and I was inspired by this week. And I was inspired by them because they reminded me of you. Mm. So (laughs) we're going to go through a couple of them. Now, for those that have the New York Times or those that um, have a digital subscription, they can find these articles as I tell you what they are, and you can read them for yourself. But the first thing that made me think of you while I was reading it was in the Sunday business section. And it's an area called the vocations and the vocations is just a little segment. And well, first off, do you know what the vocation segment is? I don't. On Sunday business? I do not. Okay. Okay. So the, the, in that section, now vocations is just a highlight on a particular profession and a, and a professional. And this week was the addiction counselor. Now that doesn't remind me of you, uh. <laughs> but 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 what I liked about it is that it just asks six simple questions so that someone who doesn't know about the vocation of addiction counselor or knows somebody who does that for a living, that they can get to understand it a little bit. Now, why am I saying all of this? Because I think there are brand new people to the pubcast that kind of need to know you in less than two minutes. So I'm going to take, I'm going to take you through the questions and the vocations section of the Sunday business, and then just have you answer it for those that don't know you 
and they would like to get to know the vocation that you're in. So are you ready? Not really. This sounds scary. <laughs> That's why we're doing it. Okay. So um, I'm just going to read out the person and the, the addiction counselor just so you can copy, not copy her answer directly, but copy the format. So healing prof health professional. Her name is Virginia Moraskis. She's 65. And she's an addiction counselor at the Hazelden Betty Ford Foundation in Center City, Minnesota. So for you, how old are you? And what is, what is your vocation that you'd say that you're in? <laughs> I am 41 years old. And uh, I'm, I'm a, yeah, what am I? I'm a business owner. <laughs> Business owner, <laughs> entrepreneur. This is I, I do struggle with this because I, like, if you're not in our industry, like, I don't want to get in the weeds about what I do. I really don't. So, have you drank the whole bottle already? No, because you no, sound drunk no. that you can't answer. Just again, it's just as simple. Addiction counselor. That's what Virginia does. I'm an entrepreneur. What does John Loomer do? I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. Oh. All right. I, I, how about this? I say you are those, but you're also maybe a counselor, Facebook ads counselor, no. Facebook ads coach, Facebook ads consultant. Well, what, what, like, I, what I, what I, whenever anyone asks me the next step, like what exactly I'll say Facebook ads or, or marketing education. I don't even say Facebook ads because marketing education. Okay. Online, That's what we'll online, go with. Online marketing education. All right, perfect. So that's what we'll go with. So we'll go with online marketing educator. And I'm taking notes on this. So, so since you're an online marketing educator, the first question is, what is your background? Anything. You can say you studied blank in college. You just kind of just a little bit of your background. Uh, it's kind of a, an underachiever. Went to, uh, so I was always in kind of most of the advanced classes, but not all of them. Uh, I was like a 3-3 student in high school because I had a horrible freshman year. Went to college and I was a straight B-minus student. Uh, liberal arts school, so I was educated in nothing and everything at the same time, in other words. So, liberal, so let me stop you there. Liberal arts background... And you describe yourself as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, so I was an English major. Weird thing about English courses in college is you have to read a lot of old literature. And I, mm -hmm. did, I did not like old literature. I like to write. But they, unless I was taking a writing class, which I took a few of those, um, I did do a whole lot of stuff I didn't really enjoy. So I ended up switching to philosophy, which is more my style. Some even though there was old literature for that too, it was like stuff that I kind of enjoyed to to read, and then it gave me inspiration for writing crazy stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's I mean I'm not when I graduated I had no idea what I was gonna do, and uh, so I'm not I was never trained as a marketer or business in business. I never took a business class. Uh, I never even took a math class in college. I passed out of that. So. Yeah, that's, I guess, my, my background in a nutshell. Okay, so I, I like that because I think that the people that 
for those that are listening and they're trying to be in the online marketing education game or the entrepreneurship game, the limitations that they, a lot of people might have is like, I need to have a business degree. Ooh. I need to have this. I need to have that. Ooh. You just proved out that you don't need to have any of that. Yeah. And so, so and to be clear, my, my jobs after graduating, I mm-hmm. was a bartender for, I think, 10 months. I was a telemarketer. It was the worst, probably six months ever of my life. <laughs> it was so awful. And, and But, you know, it's good to have a job like that because you learn what you don't like to do. And I and mm-hmm. I think that really forms a lot of what I do these days because I hate cold call. I hate selling. I hate I hate the uh, the sliminess of like used car salesman uh, telemarketer stuff. Um, and I was a horrible telemarketer, as you can imagine. Which uh, <laughs> then led me into <laughs> insurance. I was an insurance adjuster, which wasn't the, the greatest fun. And that led me to insurance underwriting, which is a little bit more my speed in a way, but it was certainly boring. And I did that for five years before moving on to working for the NBA and overseeing fantasy games. So that's none of that is uh, entrepreneur. Although I did start start yeah. start a fantasy games website at one point. I think that's the closest, but I never made money off of it. But it led me through to that, to some of these other jobs, which ultimately led me here. Really, if it wasn't for that fantasy sports website and the fantasy sports stuff I was doing, I wouldn't have gotten the NBA job. If it wasn't for the NBA job, I never would have been exposed to Facebook at a really early time, and it would I wouldn't be here today. I, I really wouldn't doing what I'm doing. So I I'm gonna have to sidebar this a bit for a second because I like the concept of learning what you don't like to do and I think that a lot of people when they're trying to start a business or change careers or make changes or transitions I think you sometimes forget about how important it is for the things that you've done that you just did them so you can find out that you don't like to do those yeah you see that as important as you know, there are many wannapreneurs and solopreneurs out there trying to make a living. Absolutely. I, I, I almost feel, I feel lucky that I did really crap jobs. Uh, and I did everything. <laughs> when I say really crap, I did everything. Like in college, I worked in a canning factory. I mean, or I did everything. Like when I say crap jobs, I did crap jobs. And, um, but I think that it's important for perspective to be doing all those things. First of all, to, you know, that, so that's your community around you is those people doing those crap jobs. So it's understand, important to understand um, those people. But also, um, like when I, when I was working at the NBA, there would be kids straight out of college working for the NBA. And that's the, all they knew. And they would complain about their job. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? I'm like pinching myself every day um, that I got this corner office looking out. And I was in corner office. This got this office looking out the window. That this is what I do. Looking over at the swamps of New Jersey, it wasn't all that beautiful, but it was crazy. Um, but yeah, I think it's really important to have that perspective to do things and learn what you don't want to do. It kind of forms your style and everything else. Um, but I think it, to be really clear, there's one important thing here in all this. I feel like I was at a crossroads um, in insurance. That if I were there one more year, I'd probably still be there. Because, mm. because in just about any other career, just about any, uh, most careers, you're moving up the ladder, right? 
So if all of a sudden I find myself in management, in insurance, if I'm going to leave that and abandon that for a whole other industry, take a pay cut, I mean, that, that's kind of what you're looking, looking at. Um, so I've, part of that is just I'm, I'm glad that I realized that this is not what I want to do forever. And that I could take a risk. And I, again, I thank my wife, Lisa, that allowed me to do this because we had to move across the country to do it and everything else. Um, because it's you have to take some risks along the way. Realize what, when you're in that rut that you don't want to stay here forever. And maybe, look, if, if I had stayed another year or two, be willing to take that risk and take a pay cut. Luckily, I, I didn't have to do that, but if, I would have had to if I, if I waited much longer. Oh man, you just segued into a couple great things. So let me let me close out that idea because what comes to mind to me, the job of a crap job is to know what you don't want to do. Yeah. <laughs> I never I never knew that, that that the job of a crap job was that. And it's you're so right. Because once you find out what you don't like to do or don't want to do, uh, it helps you get more direction. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. you talked about your New York Times. Like I was a paper boy. I worked at Hardee's. That was the I, we've talked about this before. I think when I worked at Hardee's and I was too young to even work uh, on the fryers or anything, I had to do stuff like clean the bathrooms and I I still remember to this day clean up a guy's puke. Uh, it was <laughs> this is the worst. And but like again, worst. it's perspective when you do stuff like that. That first of all, you understand somebody's got to do it, <laughs> man. You know, have some respect for those people, um, but also, yeah, you learn what you absolutely don't want to do, and it kind of pushes you a little bit to find what you do want to do. Oh, I love that. All right, so I love that you mentioned the idea of maybe taking a pay cut. There's an article in the New York Times from last Sunday, and the Sunday business section as well, just like the vocations, which we haven't gotten through all the questions of vocations yet, but we'll come back to it. And the article is called, Instead of Leaving a Job, Pause. And I'll just say that the premise of that article is just talking about taking a, an unpaid leave of absence. Hmm. That's an option. Like you just said, maybe taking a pay cut, or what, what's your take on the idea of pause? you know, detaching from the work that you don't want to do. Yeah, I, tough for me to say. Like, first of all, absolutely, it was the best thing for me that I ended up without a job um, because it would have been, I never would have started my own business without the desperation of having to figure it out. Um, so in that sense, I took a pay cut. I took a major pause, <laughs> a long mm -hmm. pause. Um I only worry that for the typical person, and definitely for me, I don't know how realistic that is to consciously make that decision that you're going to take a pause. Now, I, I, I hope people do it. I, I really, really do. Um, I just know that for me personally, I never would have taken that pause. It was, it was, I'm, I feel so lucky that I was forced out of a job. If I was not forced out of a job, I would not be doing this today, just like all these other things. But um, it, I guess it depends on your, your personality if, if you and your current situation. Because I know that, look, if you're at, at a point right now where 
you have the ability to take a pause and it's not like uh, your, your family is not going to be um, you know, struggling as a result of it. Then, then absolutely, you know, constantly take that, take that pause. Yeah. Yeah. So I like the idea of, of either you do the pause yourself or they do it for you. <laughs> so, I, you know, there's, there's... yeah, I, I, I feel like there's always something subconscious with me too. Like, uh, I was always probably one step away from being laid off. If the company was always in trouble because I've, I've talked about this before. I was never the best employee and I, in, in a way, I almost say that with pride these days, but yeah, I'm kind of proud of that because if if I wasn't kind of sabotaging my career as an employee, if I was always you know trying to be the best possible employee, I'd be moving up the ladder and you get roped in. It's really hard to get get out. Right. So I, for me, it was, it was really kind of a subconscious thing, but it's again understanding that. I didn't like what I was doing and I wanted to find something else. <laughs> and, and you did, which is fortunate. So let's get, let's get back to the vocation. So we understood your background. Um, since you said that you're an online marketing educator, uh, the next question is whom do you educate? Who are the people that you educate? Um, you know, I think it's, it's certainly a combination of people, but what, what's Casey doing back there, man? What's you know what? That's not Casey. So that, that is, that is another dog that oh, is great. in the house that never barks ever. And he's about 15 years old and his name is Frodo, Frodo. and he never barks. So I have no idea why he's barely barking. I mean, like, I, I don't get it. I might have to put us on pause for a second and let him outside. Maybe that's what it is. All right, go check him out. All right. So, okay, who am I educating? Well, um, I think it's certainly a combination of people. I think uh, I, I, I like to look back at, you know, educating a person who is like me during the past, at some point during the past five and a half years or so. Uh, so someone who's starting a business, someone who's, you know, used Facebook ads but wants to get better. Um, but so it's not only the entrepreneur, someone who's starting a business, but it's, you know, people who are in the marketing department of a company who, who are in charge of Facebook ads. It's the people who work for an agency or own an agency and they want to get as good as possible at those things. I mean, those are, it really falls into those three buckets in my mind. 
I think we're going to take the word marketing out, and I think you're just going to soon be just an online educator because the idea of you educating those who are interested in transitioning from an everyday job to starting a business, uh, for those that are already in a business, and let's say they're in Facebook ads consulting business, you educate them on how to do the best they can with Facebook ads. I think there's a bunch of things that you educate on. So at some point, I think we're going to have to change your title and just say online educator. Okay. All right. Next question. Do you work with a team? Yeah. I mean, uh, I feel like our team is constantly changing, but uh, right now it's it's you, me, Tracy, Joel. Um, we've got Dan who's editing these things. Been, he's been doing that for a long time. And uh, we just recently added Luke. Um, I'm not forgetting anybody, am I? I think that's it right now. Yeah, I think. I mean, the, the beauty of it is, is that when you think about the team, it's a virtual team. It's a team of some part-time people, full-time people. I mean, it's kind of a a, a mashup of of people. Wouldn't you describe that? Yeah, I would. I would. <laughs> I mean, I. Yeah, the, the the one thing that it's no surprise I'm not particularly good at is is managing a team. Um, because <laughs> when, you, when you think about it again, I mean, that kind of goes back to my history is that it, I did make it up to like mid-management. I mean, I was a VP at uh, American Cancer Society, but even then I was managing one, maybe two people, and each time virtually. When I was at the NBA, I managed one person. Um, so I'm not really used to managing groups. And now, of course, there's my dog going nuts. <laughs> Maybe we need to change the name of this to like dog caster or something. Ridiculous. Hold on. There's one, nothing wrong. One, one, one second. Oh. <laughs> dog it's right. it's like, like anytime we're in a cul-de-sac anytime there's a truck a delivery truck in in, in the cul-de-sac she just goes nuts and so it's like no one is even delivering anything to our house but it was to a neighbor so if anyone wants a dog I, we're about at our, our wits end so info at john we'll ship her ups <laughs> Whatever Don't take. say that. Poor Rosita. <laughs> Poor Rosita. Oh, she's the worst. All right. So, where so, were we? so let's get back. So, so you were describing one of your challenges, and that is the next question that's in the vocations line of questioning, which is what is one of your challenges? And you were saying managing a team. Yeah. No, I 
Well, and we've kind of gone through this from the beginning is that one of the first issues I've had is that I have a hard time passing off work, that I want to want to do it all myself, that sometimes it's faster that way. I still run into that sometimes these days is I'll do stuff instead of having someone else do it because I don't want to wait for them to do it um, kind of thing. Um, so I think all that, again, is being better at working with a team and managing a team, which is certainly not one of my strengths. I'm, I've always been kind of on an island because my, I think part of just my brain works differently. I'm not saying this in a good way. I'm just saying my, like, I'm not a plant, big planner where I can say, okay, let, we're, I'm going to do this in two months from now. Um, so I need this person doing this, this person that. It's going to look exactly like this. I don't do that. So it's really hard to plan and then manage people to be able to carry out my plan. Um, Cause that's not really how my brain works. Unfortunately, maybe you need something to boost your uh-huh. bandwidth. <laughs> do you feel smarter right now? Do you feel smarter? Uh, I do right now. And then as I'm taking another sip of my mocha, um, I'm enjoying this. I feel like my mental bandwidth is, is, expanding so So, all right i get that i get that you struggle with passing off the work uh last two questions just in this vocation then i have two more articles that i want to talk to you about sheesh so yeah oh we're gonna keep going i I, i've got water mocha and now expanded mental bandwidth we're gonna keep it moving Hmm. so Aside from, oh no, let me take a step back. What is it that you don't love about what you do? And you could say hate. We can say hate. What What do you hate sometimes about what you do? Um, I don't really like the marketing industry. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> wait, wait a second. You're an online marketing educator yeah. who doesn't like the marketing industry. Well, okay. first, first of all, let me be very, very clear that I think that's a huge advantage. I really do. Because I think... Um, a lot of people trying to get into this and figure it out want a different voice, not the same old canned garbage. And the and the used car salesmen, the telemarketers, and all that kind of stuff, um, the the guaranteed systems for success and all that. You know, I, I don't think most people like that stuff. They really don't. And they're looking for a normal voice. And I feel like I'm kind of just like that normal average guy voice saying, okay, marketing isn't necessarily fun sometimes. Here's how you can do it and not feel dirty afterwards and not feel like you have to take a shower because you did something you didn't want to do. So you can do it ethically. You can do it clean, whatever that means. Um, So, I mean, I think that's one of the biggest things I struggle with is, well, in order to start a business, in order to make money, I've got to sell something. I've got to sell something. So mm-hmm. I can dislike marketing, but still know that it's something I have to do and do on my terms. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I basically dislike marketing in general, but um, I've, I've used it in a way that I can still be proud of. All right, so we're kind of interrupting there at the end of part one of this long one-hour conversation. I hope you're enjoying it so far. Um, Certainly come back next week for part two where we 
wrap it all up. There's just so there's so much gold in this conversation. So thanks again for JR for uh, for being on the show. Until next time, do awesome things. I'm out. <laughs>